Hello, Westover. It's so good to be with you again. We trust that God is blessing you in this season. Now, today, we're concluding a series that we began a couple weeks ago entitled Kingdom Come. We're looking at how God wants to establish his kingdom here on earth, but more importantly, how he wants to establish his kingdom in our hearts. And so today I want to talk a little bit about how we can have a kingdom vision, how we can see into the future and see exactly what God is doing. I know many of us, we can't seem to see what all of this means. Why is there a pandemic? Why are we being quarantined? What is this all about? Well, today I hope that some of the things that I share with you today will illuminate your mind and heart and give you some kingdom perspective. Now, some of you may know that uh, I have a pre-preaching ritual. There are some things that I do every week before I preach. I prepare my notes, I prepare my Bible, I drink water, I listen to worship music. But one of the things that I do every single week is I switch from glasses to contacts. I like to study in my glasses, but I love to preach in my contacts. And so last week, as I was preparing to preach, I went in and I put in my contacts. And I noticed that when I put on my contacts, they actually were bothering my eyes. And anytime that happens, I know that I need to change my contacts. So I went into the drawer, I grabbed a pair of contacts, I opened up the package, and I put the contact in my eye. And to my surprise, the contact didn't work. I said, what's wrong with this contact? So what I did is I grabbed my glasses, I put my glasses back on and I looked at the package and the package said that the prescription was 0.50. And suddenly I realized that I had put my wife's contact on. For you see, my contact prescription is 2.75. Hers is 0.50. Her contacts could not work for me. And I, so what I did is I went ahead and I found a pair of my own contacts. I put them, put them in and suddenly I could see. And so today I was thinking about how in life, sometimes we can't seem to see what's right in front of us because we don't have the right prescription. Imagine for a moment what could happen though is if we could see things with the lenses that God provides to us. What if in this moment we could have a kingdom perspective? What if we could see things the way God sees? What if we could see this moment exactly the way he sees it? So today, today I wanna talk on the, on the subject, restoring a kingdom vision. Restoring a kingdom vision. Now, I'll tell you, the passage I'm about to share is a little bit of a challenging passage. It's out of the book of Isaiah. But I wanna give you a little bit of context before I step into that passage and first say that I believe God is good. God is good and he is faithful and he doesn't cause evil. It's actually outside of his character. But here's the passage that I wanna share with you so you can listen to how God functions. Deuteronomy 32 verse four says this, God's deeds are perfect. He is just fair and upright. He is a faithful God who does no wrong. I wanna start there. God is good and he's faithful, but he's also a God of justice. He's also a God that exacts justice against our sin. Second thing I want you to know is that everything that happens in our life passes the purview of God. Everything that happens in our life passes the purview of God. Even the challenging, even the difficult, even the things that are unexplainable. 
When we look at the book of Job, what we realize is that Job had a really hard time. He lost all of his family and he actually got physically sick. But when you look at the very beginning of Job, what you notice is that Satan and God are having a conversation. And God says, hey, Satan, have you noticed my, my friend Job? He honors me. And Satan accuses Job and says, accuses Job in front of God and says, well, God, the reason why Job honors you and worships you is because you bless him. If you'll just let me bring pestilence and difficulty in his life, I'll prove to you that Job doesn't really love you. So God says, you can put your hand upon him. You can take away his riches. You can take away the things that are precious to him. You can even affect his body, but don't take his life. When we fast forward to the end of Job, what we notice is that Job stays steadfast to God and he worships God even in the difficult times. Everything in our life passes the purview of God. And number three, what I want you to know is that we sometimes as a nation and as a world, we ask God to move his hand of protection. And I think many of us were in that circumstance. We've said, God, I've got this. You can move your hand away. I'm gonna take care of it. The thing about the character of God is that he honors our requests. He knows that we have free will. So he says, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and, and honor that request. And so he removes his hand. And what happens is that we then put ourselves in a position where pestilence and difficulty and challenge can come. And the fourth thing I wanna highlight before we get into the passions is again, that God is a God of justice and he cannot stand sin in our life. And so sometimes he brings challenges into our life to lead us back to repentance. So with that in mind, I wanna invite you to join me in Isaiah chapter 24. Open up your Bible, open up your Bible app, open up your Westover app. And let's look at the word of God together, starting with verse one. Now, as I talk, I'm gonna share a couple things. I'm gonna unpack a couple things. So we're gonna walk through this passage together. Verse one says this, look, the Lord is about to destroy the earth and make it a vast wasteland. Let me explain what these words mean in language we understand. I'll read verse one again. It says this, look, the Lord is about to wilt the earth wilt like a plant in the heat and make it a vast wasteland. This word means that he's gonna strip away the things that we value. He goes on to say, he devastates the surface of the earth and scatters the people. In other words, he devastates the surface of the earth. He actually forces people to bow and scatters the people. We're in a season right now where God is inviting us and challenging us through this pandemic to bow before him and to worship him. In fact, the word of God tells us that every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he, Jesus, is the Lord. Verse two says this, priests and lay people, servants and masters, maids and mistresses, buyers and sellers, lenders and borrowers, bankers and debtors, none will be spared. When I look at this passage, what I see is a description of the moment that we're in. Verse three, the earth will be completely emptied and looted. When we look at that passage a little closer, what it says is that everything that is of financial value will be stolen away. The Lord has spoken. Verse four, the earth mourns and dries up and the land wastes away and withers. Even the greatest people on earth waste away. What this verse is telling us is that even those in high places will be affected. I believe that this passage describes the COVID crisis that we're in. 
Verse five, the earth suffers for the sins of its people, for they have twisted God's instructions, violated his laws, and broken his everlasting covenant. I know that this is a hard word, and if I'm honest, as a pastor, these are words that I don't really enjoy sharing, but I feel it's important that we talk about this so that we understand the way God functions and understand that God loves us, but he really hates our disobedience and he wants us to bring us back into alignment with him. So let's look at how we can restore our kingdom vision, how we can see things from God's perspective. Here are three ways to restore our kingdom vision. Number one, turn back to God. Turn back to God. Second Chronicles seven fourteen says this, if my people, and God's speaking about us, the church, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways. Then he will heal from heaven. He will forgive our sin and he will heal our land. God is asking us as the church to pursue repentance. And really what repentance is, is turning from our old ways and turning to God turning from our old ways and turning to him. There are four steps to repentance, humility. God loves humility. The word of God says that he resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. When we're humble, he gives us grace and he wants to give grace to you and I in this season. Number two, to pray. God wants us to connect with him. But even more than just connect with him is to seek his face, to seek a relationship with him, to say, God, not only am I gonna provide my prayers to you and my requests to you, but I'm actually gonna look for a relationship with you. I want and need a relationship with you. And as I establish a relationship with you, I am gonna turn from my wickedness and I'm gonna pursue your path. I'm gonna chase after you. And if we're willing to do those four steps, we actually qualify ourselves for healing. For you see, Repentance activates restoration. If we're willing to repent as believers, God promises that he will hear our prayers from heaven. He will forgive our sin and he will heal our land. And so I wanna pause right now because I know God is tugging on the hearts of some of you today. And you sense that you're out of alignment with God and you wanna be able to see things from God's perspective, in order for us to experience healing in our land, in order for us to see healing in our family, in order for God to forgive our sin, we have to acknowledge him and say, God, we need you. So right now, I'm gonna invite you to pray this prayer with me. Jesus, I come to you. I bow humbly before you. I've come to you in the past with needs and requests. But today, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I ask you to forgive me and to forgive my sins. Help me turn from my wickedness and pursue you today, tomorrow, and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, you have now aligned your life with Jesus and so I just wanna challenge you right now, if you prayed that prayer, to type Jesus in the comments. Type Jesus in the comments. I also wanna invite you to click on the link that's in the chat area or text new life to the number on the screen. 
We want to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. We want to help you align your life with Jesus, so do that right now. The second way to restore a kingdom vision is to recognize God's pattern. Now, sometimes God, he switches things up, but sometimes, sometimes there's a pattern. And I want to suggest to you that when I look at the moment and the situation we're in right now, I believe that there is a pattern in the New Testament, and that same pattern applies to us today. Here's the pattern in the New Testament in the early church. Jesus promised that he would send his Holy Spirit. Then he instructed them, the disciples, the people who followed Jesus, to pause and to pray. And then, once they did that, he would provide the promise, which was the Holy Spirit. So once we can recognize that there is a pattern, there is a pattern in the New Testament, and we're in that same pattern here and now, today, we can take those same steps and experience the power of God in this moment. Here are three things to align with God's pattern. Number one is to believe God's promise. Whenever God says something, he's gonna accomplish it. So if he's whispered something into your spirit about your family, about your children, believe him because he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. He's gonna accomplish it. And what we see here is that Jesus makes a promise. In fact, John 16, 7 Jesus says, it's good for me to go away so I can send the Holy Spirit to you. Let me read this passage to you. John 16, verse seven. But very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I go away. Unless I go away, the advocate, which refers to the Holy Spirit, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. We need to believe that if Jesus says he's gonna send the Holy Spirit to us, that he's gonna do it. We need to trust him. We need to believe the promise. The second thing that we need to do to align with God's pattern is to pause and pray. While we're in this season, sometimes we feel like there's things that we can't seem to do. But the thing that we can do is we can pause and we can pray. We can pursue God. We can follow him. We can follow the pattern. So I want to invite you to pray for his presence in the pause. Pray for his presence in the pause. Seek God, look for him, talk to him, pray to him, engage with him. If there's nothing else that you can do, pause and pray to God. And I promise you, he'll show up. In fact, in Acts 1, we learned that Jesus, right before he was about to ascend, he told them, I'm, I'm gonna provide the Holy Spirit to you. And so he told 500 people, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to go to an upper room and I want you to pursue me. And in a couple days, you're gonna receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. He told this to 500 people. But when we fast forward 10 days later, we, only re we realized that only 120 people were in the upper room. So what happened? There were 380 people who heard the words of God, but they missed the moment. They weren't willing to pause and pray. They weren't willing to hold fast. They weren't willing to seek God in the challenging moment. I believe that in this season, God is spiritually quarantining us in an upper room moment. And he's inviting us in this quarantine moment when we're locked and sheltered in place to pursue his presence, to pursue him fully. 
And if we're willing to do that, we're going to discover that God is going to provide his presence again, that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that he's going to accomplish what he promised. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like the 380 who missed their moment. I want to be like the 120 who are willing to pause and pray in a quarantine moment, in an upper room moment, and I'm saying, God, will you accomplish it? Will you accomplish it in Westover? Will you accomplish it in the lives of the people who are watching? Will you accomplish it, God? You can do it. The third way to align to God's pattern in this moment is to change the paradigm. In verse seven again, he says, unless I go away, the Holy Spirit will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus was so committed to the mission that he was willing to change the paradigm. He was willing to do something different. There's a company that many of you know about. It's the Kodak company. And Kodak, for nearly a decade, ruled the film and camera business In fact, they had 85% of the camera business in 1976 and 90% of the film business. But just a handful of years ago, in 2012, the company declared bankruptcy. And many people wondered what exactly happened. Well, they were unwilling to change the paradigm. They were stuck in their old ways. They weren't willing to do something different to reach the customer base. And so they missed their moment. They went bankrupt. What we can discover here is that if we're not willing to change the paradigm, sometimes we'll miss the thing that God has for us. Fortunately for us, through the example of Jesus, is he was willing to change the paradigm. He was willing to do something different to reach us. He said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And what the Holy Spirit allowed, allowed the gospel to do was to go worldwide and across time. That's what the Holy Spirit did. So Jesus, he went from local, in-person, time-sensitive, time-limited ministry to global ministry that was able to span time. And so I'm saying, in this moment, God is inviting Westover to change the paradigm. For the last 34 years, we've been focused on local ministry and providing ministry in our community. And we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to provide worship services on the weekend and ministry in our local community. But God is inviting us to change the paradigm, to pivot the paradigm, to pivot the paradigm. Maybe some of you would be willing to type in the comments, pivot the paradigm. God wants to pivot the paradigm of Westover. So what does this look like? We must be willing to use social media and to use digital media to reach those who are far from God, and to reach the next generation. And so what we're doing is we're choosing to be courageous in this moment, and we're actually transitioning our Wednesday night experience into an online experience. We're actually going to be naming it Westover at Home. And the whole focus is about being able to enrich your faith at home. We want to provide an experience that provides spiritual wisdom, life-giving insights, practical tips and action steps that you can take in your life. We want to strengthen your faith, strengthen your family, strengthen how you lead, and even give you content that you can share with people that you know, with your coworker, with someone who is far from God. Because if we can create a conversation with them, God has an opportunity to have a conversation with them. 
So we're going to be transitioning. We're going to be pivoting the paradigm because we want to reach those who are far from God. We want to reach and bring them in to know who God is. And we're going to do that through this experience to engage them, to give life to them. So I invite you to join us next week. The mission is big and people are worth it. And because of that, God... God was willing to pivot the paradigm to reach those who are far away from him. And we're gonna do the same. We're gonna make new and make great through what we do through our digital experience. So just keep your eyes open. Subscribe to what we're doing. Share what we're gonna be providing to you so it can enrich your life and advance people. As I was thinking, I was thinking about a passage in the scripture, the great commission. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospels and make disciples. And I'm just compelled by that word go. For way too long as the church, we've expected people to come to us. Well, we're choosing today and going forward to go out into the highways and byways and reach people who are far from God and bring them unto him. And I just invite you to pray with us that God would give us wisdom and capacity to be able to do it. Matthew 24, verse 14 says this, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. I believe in my heart what this speaks about is this paradigm shift of ministering through digital media to go into all the world, and then the end will come. God wants us to do it, and I believe that we're gonna do our very best to advance people this way. How are we going to do it? We're gonna do it through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus did back then. He gave us the Holy Spirit to empower us. And in that moment of Pentecost, 120 were filled to overflowing by the presence of the Holy Spirit as evidenced by the baptism in other tongues. They were able to speak a heavenly language. In fact... Pentecost Sunday is actually right around the corner. It's this upcoming Sunday. And so if you're in the San Antonio area, I want you to come. We're gonna be seeking the presence of God. We're gonna be saying, God, would you do again what you did way back then? Would you pour out your spirit? Would you empower us through your Holy Spirit so that we can reach other people? I wanna read to you these verses in Acts 1, verses four and eight. It says this, in a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I'm just saying, God, would you accomplish it? Would you accomplish it in my life and through my life and through the lives of your people so that what is spoke about in Acts 2 will happen where God promised that in the last days he would pour out his spirit on, upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will have, and young men and women will have visions. Your old men will dream, your old men and women will dream dreams again. Verse 20, before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord, God will accomplish it. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'm saying, God, would you accomplish it? Would you allow us to see you move and work in people's lives? That's my prayer today. The third way, the third way for us to restore a kingdom vision is to worship while you wait. God is challenging us to worship while we wait. 
Now, if you look at Isaiah chapter 24, there's a lot of really hard words in that passage, but there's a bright spot in that passage that gives us some instruction about what we need to be doing in this moment. And I wanna read these words to you because I believe God's giving us instruction for what we need to do in this season, in this moment while we're quarantined, while we're, we're isolated, while we're disconnected from other people. Listen to this, verse 13. So will it be on the earth and among the nations as when an olive tree is beaten or as when gleanings are left after the grape harvest, they will raise their voices. They will shout for joy from the West. That's where we're at. From the West, they will acclaim the Lord's majesty. Therefore, in the East, give glory to the Lord. Exalt the name of the Lord, the God of Israel in the islands of the sea. He's saying in the East and in the West and in the islands, every place, exalt the name of Jesus. From the ends of the earth, we hear singing glory, glory to the righteous one. God, would you accomplish it? Empower us to not lose heart, but to worship you in this season. This is the word I heard in my heart. This is the word I sense in my heart from the Lord as I was preparing. Praise God in the pause because a spiritual pandemic is coming. A pandemic of his presence, a pandemic of his power, a pandemic of his expression across all of the earth. And I'm saying, Holy Spirit, would you accomplish it? Would you pour out your spirit upon all flesh? Would you make your spirit made manifest and may your people raise up a praise unto you? Yes, Lord, we say yes and amen to you. We're gonna worship you while we wait. We're gonna, we're gonna praise you in the pause because we believe a spiritual pandemic is coming. So now I wanna invite you to stand with me Wherever you're at, gather your family together and let's worship the King and lift up a praise because a spiritual pandemic is coming. Let's lift up the name of the Lord.